Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're on talk show. I see uh, Byron Wiggins. Welcome aboard. Mark Kennedy. Welcome aboard. And the rest of you that will be joining us at the top of the hour, welcome aboard in advance. Uh, we will not be simulcasting on talk, uh, YouTube tonight because we're having too many problems trying to simulcast. Let me go see if I can get the... Uh, mic's unmuted on the other side over there, and then we'll have Mark... Just going to read some scripture for us, and we'll sing a couple of hymns and psalms, and we'll go from there. Hope you all are having a good evening. Take a couple of minutes to get over there. First hymn we're going to sing is page 288, I Want to Love Him More, after Mark reads his scripture. Looks like Brother Carl Roberts has already joined us. Uh, I've unmuted his mic, and I'm sure Mark uh, Kennedy will be with us momentarily. Um, I'm going to turn the camera around so you can see Mark here. Isaiah chapter 55, 1 through 6. Oh, everyone, the first that come and eat the waters, he that has no money, come ye buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and build without money, without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, labor for that which satisfied not, nor can diligently unto me and eat. He that wishes good, let your soul light itself in fatness. Find your ear and come to me, hear and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader to the the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, nations that knew not. These shall run of thee, because the Lord thy God is the Holy One of Israel, forget the Lord by me. Seek ye the Lord while you be found, call ye upon him while Okay, 288. Mark, you want to start that? With Jesus I would ever be, his master's name adore. He's done so very much for me. I want to love him more. I want to love him more, I want to love him more. I want to love him more, I do, I do, I do. I want to love him more, I want to love him more. He's done so much for me. He died upon the cruel tree. Our Lord of guilty war. He suffered shame for you and me. 
I want to love him more. His children he will not forsake. When troubles press and soar, but in their soul sweet peace awaits. I want to love him more. Oh, friends of life, sweet friends of peace, who dwells on earth below. My faith in him will never cease. I want to love him more. 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 I do, I do, I do. I want to love him more. I want to love him more. He's done so much for me. Okay, let's sing 404. The Lord is my life. Lord is my life. The Lord is my light and my The Lord is my light and my joy every day. He leads me in righteous paths all of the way. I follow him, trusting and hold to his hand. I know he will take me to heaven's fair land. The Lord is the light of my soul. I live in his blessed control. His love keeps me singing as I'm where I go. The joy of salvation is mine. I praise him with heart and with voice. Because in his love I rejoice. Oh, he is the one blessed light of my soul. This wonderful Savior divine. He leadeth by water so quiet and still. My soul with his goodness each day he doth fill. My cup runneth over with blessings divine. His love is my story, his goodness is mine. I walk in this light as I travel along. He fills me each moment with jubilant song. I talk with him often, and sweet is his voice. In this blessed Savior my soul shall rejoice. The Lord is the light in my soul. I live in his blessed control. His love keeps me singing as I where I go. The joy of salvation is mine. I praise him with heart and with voice. Because in his love I rejoice. Oh, he is the one blessed light of my soul. This wonderful Savior divine. Okay, the next next one we're going to do. It seems like we've been singing this an awful lot. <laughs> We need to come up with different songs instead of singing the same thing all the time, but that's all right. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? Why do people fall in mind? Kings of earth in thoughts engage. Rulers are in league combined. Then against the Lord I and against Messiah's sway, let us break their bands that cry, let us cast their cords away. But the Lord will storm them all, he will laugh who sits on high. In his wrath will all fall, 
sore displeased he will reply. Yet according to my will, I set my king to reign, and on Zion's holy hill, my anointed I'll maintain. His decree I will make known, unto me the Lord did say, Thou art my beloved son, I begot to thee this day. As for me and the Amen, heirs to earth and nations all, then with iron thou shalt break, dashing them in pieces small. Therefore, kings, be wise, give ear, hearken, judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with godly fear, being most friendly with your mirth. Kiss the Son, his wrath to turn, lest he perish in the way, for his anger sing the earth. Bless our all that on his Okay, well, we want to uh, welcome aboard and thank everyone that has joined us on Facebook, Joshua West, Mark Kennedy, Byron Wiggins, and the rest of you who will come along, I'm sure, at the top of the hour. And I also want to welcome aboard Brother Mark Kennedy and Brother Carl Roberts, who um, have unmuted their mics, and uh, we have unanimously agreed that tonight we're going to be talking about the great doctrine, the biblical doctrine of unconditional election. How are you guys this evening? Doing well, by the grace of God. How are you? Doing well. Thank you very much. And how are you doing, Brother Mark? Wonderful. Wonderful. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, the question is, um, I'd like to just kind of pull you guys, if you wouldn't mind. I'll start with Brother Mark. Mark, when was the first and you may not be able to remember this because we're uh-huh. we're not wet we're not wet behind the ears anymore, brother. So, <laughs> but uh when when was the first time you you were taught or you heard of the doctrine of unconditional election? Do you remember? Oh, let me see. Uh I started getting glimpses of that back in the late 90s when I started listening to Mr. Sproul, the late Mr. Sproul. And so I re- yeah. I recall, you know, getting initial glimpses of that back in the late 90s when I started listening to Mr. Sproul. And then when I met, uh, when I met the, the person that I used to study with, I think you know who I'm speaking with. I don't want to get into naming names here and all of that. But in 2008, when I met the person that I used to be studying Reformed Doctrine with, that's when that's when I really started, uh, you know, moving forward in in my knowledge of the doctrine of unconditional election. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. What about you, brother? 
in the late 90s and definitely picking up speed in 2008. Gotcha. Well, uh, for me, I was I was 36 years old. I just turned 36 the previous month, and I was on a boat working. I was in Boyce, Louisiana. We were offloading some barges, and while we were offloading these barges, I was listening to sermons, and I listened to this sermon by the Sovereign Grace preacher, who I, whom I later befriended, um, who's one of the guys I ended up breaking fellowship with over biblical cosmology, but I digress. Um he preached this sermon and it was called the most hideous doctrine in the world. And, um, it was about, um, universal atonement. And in this sermon, he broke, and in this sermon, he, he broke down election and predestination and particular atonement and effectual atonement. And when he did it, that was the first time that I'd ever heard it. And when I heard it, when I heard it, when I, whenever I heard that sermon, you know, I had my Bible and was going along with him. And as he began to open the scriptures up, I mean, the, the good Lord opened my eyes. And I, and then I knew what I was hearing was the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it sort of blew, I mean, it, it floored me to say the least. Um, I, like I say, I can still remember the day, um, where I was, you know, who was preaching when I heard it. And <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting, interesting. We've got somebody uh, that's just pulled up here. Rosette was just going to go out and check. Pardon me? Are, are they out there? Oh, I thought they were slowing down. I think thought they were wanting your attention. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that, guys. A little something on the home front here. Um, yeah, we... Um, we all have a little different experience. I, I like uh, like you, um, brother Carl. It was about, I was about 37 years old um, when I first really started um, become, becoming acquainted with the doctrine of unconditional election. Uh, a farmer gave me a book. <laughs> by Arthur Pink, The Sovereignty of God, and I read that book. And then a short time later, um, we began attending a Reformed Presbyterian church and heard some excellent sermons on the on the uh, sovereignty of God and salvation. And then from there, we uh, got involved with the Primitive Baptist churches. And then... Um, we uh, ended up where we're at right now. <laughs> but anyway, um, one of the things that I find about this, um, a lot of people believe in some kind of a watered-down doctrine of election, but they don't mm. believe in un- they don't believe in unconditional election. Welcome aboard, Dave Bandavine. Uh, when I say unconditional election, it means, <clears throat> to me, what that means is there's no strings attached, <laughs> okay? No strings attached. Um, you know, if there are strings attached to it, then, of course, we have we have a part and parcel in our, in our salvation. If there's something, yeah. if there's some requirement 
where we have to do something, whether we have to believe, we have to repent, we have to whatever. But unconditional election sets forth the presupposition uh, that is described in Ephesians 2.8. And we'll just read that, and then I'm going to let you guys um, talk about this a little bit too. But... um, you know, I have to go back in verse 4, but God who's rich in mercy <clears throat> for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead, we talked about that last week, total depravity, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, you're saved, and hath Amen. raised us up to and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, Brother Mark, uh, let me go ahead and unmute Christopher Dernan here. He just joined us. Uh, welcome aboard, Christopher. Glad you can be with hello, us. Bro- hello, brethren. How, how gracious yeah. our Lord, Father God, is. That, I caught that yeah. part, and I, that's, my, that's what I want to say, that our Lord, Father God, is gracious Amen. to his Amen. children. How, how are you? How are you, Mark? Wonderful. How, how are both Marks? <laughs> and how are you, Larry? Larry and I had a nice conversation yesterday. But far be it for me to—I don't want to—I don't want to just come in and, uh, you know, it's my fault. I should have been here 15 or half an hour ago, you know. But uh, far be it for me to take over. Thank you for the introduction, but no, I'd rather just sit and listen. So please proceed. Uh, uh, well, we'll. we'll go. We'll go around the table, brother, but uh, right now I would like for Mark just to kind of give us your, we're talking about the great doctrine of unconditional election, and I like the way Christopher Dernerin says it, um, we don't have a hand in it. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, go ahead, brother, uh, brother Mark Kennedy. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I have this little blurb on Wikipedia on my computer screen about unconditional election. I'd just like to read it so we can so we can define our terminology so that everybody is clear in the understanding of what unconditional election is so that we're all on the same page and and great, so looking from Wikipedia here says uh, unconditional election also known as unconditional grace, is a reformed doctrine relating to predestination that describes the actions and motives of God in eternity past before he created the world where he predestined some people to receive salvation, the elect, of course, and the rest he left to continue in their sins and receive the just punishment eternal damnation for their transgression of God's law. As outlined in the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, God made these choices according to his own purposes, apart from any conditions or qualities related to those persons. So 
My understanding of unconditional election is that before the foundation of the world, God chose a special people and gave them Mm. to his son. The son getting off into the other next part of the Ordo Salutis in the Latin, the Order of Salvation. But my understanding is that before the foundation of the world, the Father elected a special people, gave them to his Son. The Son agreed to go to the cross and, and effect their salvation, and the Holy Spirit applies the results of that salvation. So... The unconditional election, it starts with, the, it started with the Father. The Son is next in line for his part of the thing, and then the Holy Spirit. So it has, it, 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 unconditional election has nothing to do with any action on our part. It's entirely uh, the prerogative and initiated by the Father alone. And uh, man has nothing to say about it. And that's every time, you know, when I've been sparring with these Grahamites and uh, all these and and, um, Stanley Eitzel, they always say, you know, I made a decision for Christ. Oh, you made a decision for Christ. Did you now? Well, (laughs) you can want, but I'm going to say to you, you're still in your sins, probably. And so get down on your knees and ask God, the Father, to have mercy on you for the sake of the Son. And that'll uh, clear up your confusion about who made a decision for who real fast. (laughs) So that's my understanding of unconditional election, I could be I could be off, I could be wrong about it, but I trust oh, your brothers oh. if I'm in any way on it. Thank you, brother. Well, I think I think you summarize that very well. I I was listening to a Christian broadcast today, and it's caught my attention, and I stayed on it a little bit till I shut him off. And he said uh-huh. he said. Um, now, if you're one of those people out there that want to tell me that God chose me before the foundation of the world, maybe he did. Maybe he did. But, you know, there came a time in my life when somebody told me God loved, loves you, and I believed it, and I accepted Jesus Christ. So if he chose me, that's fine, but I'm glad to know that somebody told me God loved me, and I accepted Jesus. Okay. And I just thought, that's you talk about trying to mix things up. Now, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Carl, and then after we hear Carl's explanation of unconditional election, we're going to turn it over to Christopher Derner and, and let let uh, hear his thoughts on it. Go ahead, Brother uh, Carl. Okay, well, I would just disagree with everybody so far on just one point, and it may be, I just may be hearing it wrong. And what I disagree about is God didn't choose a special people, but rather we're special because he chose us. You see, there's nothing good about any of us. And the only reason that we're, that we, you know, that we're special is because God was pleased to save some and because he's merciful. And rather what he's done is he's took the foolish things of the world and confounded the wise with them. 
Um, you know, we're told that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And, in fact, that's all we are. So Amen. I, I, just like... I, know, I know I certainly haven't. Hopefully I have not conveyed that God um, sees us, you know, as anything other than, a, you know, in other words, sinners saved by grace. So yes. I, I certainly hope I I hope I didn't convey that. It certainly wasn't my intention to convey that. But um, so I don't. There's no disagreement between what you just said and me. Okay. So, and you know, as far as that goes. That being said, though, um, we are a particular people. We are a chosen people, and it's not go. because of it's not because of any foreseen uh, faith or or good works or anything on our part. So I'm in total agreement with you, <laughs> okay? That's right. And right. I apologize if I didn't make that clear enough that it is because of God and not because of us. And I agree with Brother Carl, yes. We're we're wretched sinners and nothing we can do will will, you know, will get it, you know. God has to do it all and because we can do nothing. Yes, sir. And, you know, I would like to just share a quick testimonial right quick. And I've shared this with, you know, with Brother Larry, but I haven't done this publicly with any of you guys yet or, or, you know, or with any of the listeners. And, you know, one of the reasons that I feel so strongly about, you know, about having the correct understanding of salvation is because it glorifies my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And before I heard this sermon that I was referring to, called the most hideous doctrine in the world back in 2014 was when that, when that was the first time that, that I had heard the gospel. Um, I, you know, I was on a boat working and I had been on this particular boat working for about four months at the time. And while I was on there, um, you know, I was not a believer. I thought that I was, but I, you know, and at the time I did not even know what Arminianism or Calvinism or any of these terminologies was i had no idea what they were and because of the way that i was raised i thought you know that i could put my hand to it so while i was there i led four guys in the prayer of repentance separately they would come to each of these guys came to me and said carl you know we see you and we used to know how you used to be and we look at you now and we want what you got so how do so how do we get it and i said man this is what you need to do repeat these words with me i let them all through the prayer of repentance, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. And once the God revealed the gospel of Jesus Christ to me, I had to repent of that. All right. Mm. And so, you know, I, you know, and it, and it pains me to say so, but the truth of the matter is at one time in my life, I was a will worshiping idolater. <laughs> I had no idea, but you know, God's merciful and he saved me. So with that, um, you know, lim- you know, unconditional election is just that it's not conditional on anything that the that the sinner that ultimately becomes a believer has done, but rather in spite of the things that we have done. And this doctrine here of an of unconditional election, it is without a doubt the most hated of the doctrines of grace. Because it takes salvation out of the hands of man and puts it in the hand of God where it belongs. And ultimately, there's a flip side to that coin. And maybe once we get through with the doctrines of grace, we can talk about the flip side of that coin, which is reprobation. All right, because we are taught in Scripture that you're either a Jacob or an Esau. 
And one of my favorite, one of my favorite, and this is based solely off the choice of God Almighty. And one of my favorite pictures of this, favorite scriptures of unconditional election is in Psalm 65. And I'm going to read one through four. Psalm 65, one through four, an authorized King James Version only. Verse one, praise waiteth for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. All right, from there I'm going to move to Isaiah 43 and read verses 1 through 10. Then I'm going to go into Romans 9 for a few verses and make my commentary. I'm going to turn it over to, you know, back to Brother Larry. All right, so we see here in verse 4, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee. So God does Amen. the choosing of who he will have mercy on, and he doesn't ask us to come. He causes us to approach unto him. He draws us unto him by his spirit. So Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 10. And here we're going to see a picture of the call and that he's causing to approach unto thee. God's elect, Jacob, the spiritual Israel, chapter 43 of Isaiah and authorized King James Version only. Verse 1, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Saba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and shew us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. All right, so we see here in Isaiah 43 a picture of God's elect. The sons and the daughters from the east and the west and the north and the south, all men that Christ refers to when he says, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. This is them. This is us. This is the believing ones. This is God's elect. And from there, I'm going to move to Romans 9 for a few verses and turn it back over to you guys. And before I go on, I'd like to say that I heard someone say once, and I don't know where who, who it was, but what they said was the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And here in Romans 9, we see a perfect example of, of, the, of the revelation of what we just read in Isaiah 43. And I'm going to read yeah. Romans 9, 6 through 24. 
All right, and, and we're going to see Jacob and God's elect and the sons and the daughters all here. And we're going to see unconditional election, which is based on God's choice. And this is pointed out specifically for us in verse 11. I'm, I'm going to begin with verse 6, and I'm going to read down through verse 13. Um, verse 6, not as though the word of God have taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children be not yet born, neither having done eat, any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. So verse 11 here, the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that chooseth. The election of God, of whom he bestows salvation on, which is him having his sovereign grace on a sinner and giving that person faith to believe in the effectual atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ as our imputed righteousness. All right, this is election unto salvation. It's not of works, what we read here in verse 11, but of him that calleth, who is God Almighty. And with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Amen, brother. Well, I want Brother to Harry? welcome. A, yeah, I want to welcome aboard uh, Carrie Tripp, Andre Barrows, Joshua West, um, Ryan Byron Wiggins, as well as Ivor Thomas and Andrew Brown. Uh, Ivor made a statement, and I agree with it. Um, you have to clarify his statement, but he said we were chosen apart from sin. In other words. <clears throat> We, we actually read that um, prior to um, prior to Brother Carl coming on uh, in mm-hmm. in a where it says that while we were yet in sin we were dead in our trespasses and sin but God did not choose us because of anything in the creature in other words when he says that even when we were dead in sins, okay, verse 5, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved. The quickening had to take place because we were dead. Um, And he raised us up. He raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that is is what we're we're talking about there. I'm going to now turn it over to, uh, I also want to... I had a prayer request from Brother Andrew Brown the other day. Uh, I, I think he sent it to myself and Mark. He's been battling uh, kidney stones really bad, and that can be really painful. So let's keep Brother Andrew yeah. Brown in our prayers. Uh, Brother Christopher, uh, you, Brother Larry, what's that? I, Go I ahead. Forwarded, I forwarded that to, uh, to you, Brother Larry, and to you, Brother Carl. Thank you, and I think Brother Chris also. Yes, he had, he had sent me a 
he had, he had sent me an email as well before you forwarded as well. So, um, yeah, so it, it was definitely there on his mind. Uh, Brother Christopher, what, what do you say, Brother, about unconditional election? Well, it's unconditional. Again, we don't have any part in it, and we don't want a part in it, because that would be undermining the mind of God. I just want to thank Brother Mark for his insert and what he had to say, and Brother Carl, because everything they said is biblical and uh, 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 transparent, and 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 it, it, it is conditioned on the other four points of what we call uh, the points of grace. And we all thrive and benefit as a result of understanding. This is a crew here of like-minded brethren that understand these truths. And what a pleasure it is to be a part of like-minded brethren that, that do understand and not of themselves. But again, and that just reiterates the whole the whole topic measure that the fact is uh, uh, because of God. Now, there's nothing wrong. I've come to understand. I've had such a hatred for this idea, and challenge people. Show me where uh, that formula of accepting Christ is in God's word, and they they know, you know, or they come to realize that gee, I've been I've been led down a dark road. Uh, uh, that formula of accepting Christ or shaking the preacher's hand or whatever, that that is not biblical. But there's nothing wrong with after God in his good timing. See, everybody wants instant pudding. They want it it yesterday. They want it right, right now, see? You can't go fast enough for them. But God doesn't work on man's timetable. God works on his own timetable, blessed be his name. The point is that, I, that I'm carrying across, brethren, and I'm sure you'd all agree to this, that our dear Lord and Savior has his own timetable, and we come to the understanding it may take months, or the Lord may use us incrementally or, or bestow the virtues of these truths in his good right. timing. But when we come Amen. to this understanding, there's nothing wrong with reciprocating and saying, you know, Lord, thanks for cluing me in, and of course I accept you as my Savior. But that has to be purely secondary to the, to the primary. It was God that did it. It was God that either dragged us to salvation, like he did with, with Jonah, or other instances, or, or, or Brother Paul, or whomever you want to use as an instrument of your example, but, but the point remains, it is God that, that, that draws, and I don't think there's anything wrong, but I think, I think at, the, at the early stages, it will only confuse the issue or cloud the issue to even That's bring right. up the, the acceptation of Christ at an early stage in the salvation process of any particular person. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that, you know, and, and, you know, even Paul, I mean, no one is denying that part of quickening is making the children of God willing to embrace the gospel. In fact, Psalm 110, 
110, he says, verse 3, verse 4, and verse 3, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Yeah, he makes us willing. And we can see all the way through Isaiah. I mean, even the 40th chapter of Isaiah, you know, it reminds us, it reminds us who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor has taught him. There's a lot of people think that they're the, they're, you know, that Christ is a member of the choir and they're the choir director. They got it backwards. Uh, <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ is backwards. Yeah. Of the choir. Okay, he's directing everything that happens. So, uh, yeah, that's, yeah right. that, that's really the difference. And you know, there's so many scriptures in Isaiah that really pin oh, us down. I mean, he says without that, the Lord, without the Lord's orchestration, there is no maestro. Amen. There you go. There you Amen. go. Yeah, he says, um, with whom took he counsel? Who instructed him? Who taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge? I'm reading in Isaiah 40:14, And showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of bucket and are counted as a small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the aisles as a very little thing. And so all nations before him are as nothing. They are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. And so, you know, yeah, it is mind-boggling. The love of Christ uh, is the only answer as to why he had mercy and grace upon us. It was his love. And that's what Jeremiah says. He chose us not because we were the greatest number of people, <laughs> but he chose out himself a peculiar people to show his yep. love for, and they were undeserving of it. So um, I'm going to... Uh, flip it back over to Christopher for, I mean, uh, uh, Mark Kennedy for a minute, and then we'll go back over to Christopher and then back to Carl. Go ahead, uh, Brother uh, brother Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Larry. Very well said, Brother Chris. Very well said. And Brother Carl, I couldn't, I couldn't wish for, for two more, for, and Brother Larry, Brother Larry, Brother Carl, and Brother Chris, I couldn't wish for better brothers in the Lord than these three. I praise God. Well, I have a, another scripture, and this one in the Old Testament that falls in line with basically everything we've been saying here. I'm looking at a little paper that I have had for years about going, and it goes through the five points of Calvinism, and it lines them up with the related Armenian item, and I can, I have it in my computer. I can send it to you guys afterwards if you want, but uh, I'm looking at unconditional election, and uh God the Father graciously chose and predestined some sinners to salvation. His choice was in no way conditioned upon foreseen good or merit or belief or faith of the chosen ones. And I have a scripture here in Deuteronomy chapter 7 in the Old Testament um, that kind of clarifies what I was uh, a little unclear about earlier about the special people thing. It's because of God's uh, choices that made special people out of sinners, wicked sinners like us. That's right. So I have a scripture here in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 to 9. 
uh, in the authorized King James Version only. Verse 6, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Verse 7, The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. Like you said earlier, Brother Chris or Brother Larry, I forget who it was, but verse 8, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen. I love that. Like it says in uh, Galatians 4, we are not child of the bondwoman, but a but the child of the free woman. I love that in Galatians 4. So he brought us out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Verse 9, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I, I am so glad that that God is steadfast and unchangeable, immutable, not like fickle human beings that were 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 happy one day or happy one hour and sad the next. We like you one hour and we don't like you the next or whatever. Fickle, fickle, fickle human beings, undependable, changeable, mutable, exactly opposite from everything that God is, unchangeable, immutable, dependable, steadfast, the rock of our salvation. I love it. Praise God, brothers. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's uh, (laughs) the four-leaf clover theology. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. (laughs) Okay. Christopher, Christopher, go ahead, brother. Well, well I, 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 you know what's been on my heart, brothers, today? I woke up, praised my Lord for the day, thanked him for his mercy, and you know what's evident that really shines through? Again, I'll repeat it. It's the graciousness of Father God. Graciousness. Amen. All in uppercase caps. God yes. is gracious to Israel. And when I say Israel, you guys know what I'm talking about. Can we call it organic Israel? I don't know how to term this to get away from from that wicked, phony, counterfeit state over there in the Middle East that really doesn't exist in this whole Third Temple nonsense and the, and yeah. the no-hide laws and all that junk that goes with it. What a trail of tears that's going to create. And, and, yep. and, and their authority is nothing to us. Our authority is Christ the Lord. May he reign, and he will, and he does, in our lives, hearts, minds, spirits, and so forth. But to attend to uh, uh, the situation at hand, brother, we are in Plightsville. It's ugly. And they insist and this is 95% of today's Christendom. Christianity yep. today, they have their 
They have everything is Zionistic, upholding a people that hate you and hate your Savior, Jesus Christ. They hate us, and they hate the, the Savior that we love, that delivers yes. Brother, it That's won't right. be long. Brother, brothers, it won't be long till we're free of this sin cursed earth, and we get to be we get to go home and be and be in the midst. Some people say, "Well, well how can the Lord be be uh, present, and how can I have a conversation with the Lord?" There'll be so many people uh, biting at yes. his toes, like the turtle, yes. like the turtle heads under the bed. You know, an old Bill Cosby skit. <laughs> years ago and uh fear not though god is omnipresent god is omnipresent so he's able to attend to all of us individually that blows my mind the omnipotence Mm -hmm. the omnipresence of everything our savior Now, now to what degree he extends these uh glorifications uh if you if you again i'll repeat this if you seek glory in this life, you'll get nothing but turmoil and eventual the gates of hell await you. If you right. are patient and wait on the Lord as a true son of the living God, you the Lord will heap. To what degree, I do not know, but he does share his glory. But to seek his glory at this stage while we live on this sin-cursed earth, I think is a drastic error. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, he says he, as far as on this earth, we know that uh, in the heavenlies, we're going to share all things with him, and we are going to, the 17th chapter of John's, that we are going to be as one. He prays to the Father that we would be as one. And so he tells us in Ephesians that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You know, Amen. I think uh, after Christ rose from the dead and he asked Peter if he loved him, what did he tell him? He said, feed my sheep. And I think that is one of our directives, okay, in this life is to feed the sheep of God and to edify and build up the body of Christ. And Amen. also that we are to be truth tellers okay in other words there's a lot of people out there that are telling lies uh, and calling it the gospel okay the good the gospel is not good news to everyone without exception okay the gospel is good news to the hearers of the gospel okay those that hear it those that have been given the ears to hear, that's part of unconditional election. Is yes, you can't a lot of people try to separate out, they say, well, you have to separate these things out. You have to separate out justification, you have to separate out uh, sanctification, you have to separate out the atonement, you have to separate that from the No, you don't. That's no. why you're talking wrong. about the gift of God that God gives us so we can be yep. reconciled back to the Father from the stain of original sin. And, and, and starting from that, that, that viewpoint, it's all contingent upon God and the finished work of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And without that, we are, we are 
fish out of the water. Yep. Yeah, and it all starts. It, it all starts with his intimate knowing us before creation. It all starts with foreknowledge. That's true foreknowledge is intimate knowing us before creation, not looking down through the portals of time and seeing we're going to choose him. And I just lost mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, yeah, that's another example of the of the dear Lord's graciousness towards us wicked sinners. He has yes. picked out his people, and they don't like that. A common Christianity does not like that. You know, I can't that's... even call them Christians, just like I can't call a Catholic a Christian. You know, I'm not sitting here that's trying them. to sit in judgment over them, yeah. but, but the fruit is wilted and rotten. Uh, the bad yeah. figs takes me to the bad, the the, the dirty rotten figs uh, yeah. that, that uh, I believe it was the prophet. Uh, yeah. Well, somebody help me here. What prophet was that? Uh, Jeremiah, uh, the weeping prophet. Uh, but in yeah. any event, uh, there is no fruit in in you know. And I think they may understand this, but their pride won't let them go outside of what they've come to be taught and what they accept as understanding. It's not a clear, safe voyage like it is for us. We are safely, through the graciousness of our gracious Father God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are in, you know, and we're not better than anybody. We probably, most times, we would tend to sin more than most or whatever. I can, We're all fighting an I, uphill battle. But, but yep. because God has given us this understanding, does that make us better than anybody? No. Does it, does it ensure eternal life? Yes. Amen. Well, let's, let's uh, flip it back to Brother Carl. Uh, and get his. Now, we have also guest five. I don't know who that is listening in on Talk Show and a number of other people. Now, the people on Facebook, um, uh, we lost you. We're back on Facebook Live, so if you want to tune back in, feel free to do so. Um, I can't control when Facebook drops. Go ahead, Brother Carl. Okay, well, when you bow to me, when you bow the knee to Jesus Christ, you acknowledge him as king and sovereign Lord God over all creation, like I've said numerous times. All right, And we don't give a king a try. We're made to bow. Even the reprobate are going to bow. Everything in heaven and everything in the earth and under the earth. Unconditional election is the glory of God Almighty. All right, We read... We read this in Scripture from the front of it to the back of it, all right? God has always operated in this way, and now it is revealed to us more so in the New Testament. But once we read passages in the New Testament Scripture, most importantly, the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Gospels, all right, we see that he chose Abel and passed over Cain, all right? He chose Abraham. And called him out of his family. Abraham's uncle was Nimrod. It was his uncle, and he called him out of that. He called him out of that place. All right, and he carried his nephew Lot with him. 
All right, now, if salvation in any way, shape, or form was left unto Lot, he would have perished in Sodom with the fags. He would have. That's right. But because he was a vessel of mercy, all right, God had mercy upon him. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. All right, we go on moving forward in the Old Testament. He chooses Jacob and passes over Esau. All right. I mean, <laughs> and this this theme it car- it goes through the whole Bible, and by the time we get into the Gospels, we, and once we get into John six, all that the Father has given me shall come to me. All right, that's unconditional election, and we don't have a choice in the matter. If we're given to Jesus Christ by the Father from before the foundation of the world, we're going to Christ. You're going. Amen. All right. Unconditional election to deny it is to deny. The glory of God. We are told in Romans 9, referencing Moses, the Holy Spirit, through the, through the Apostle Paul. I'm going to start here at verse 15 and read on down through 24. An authorized King James Version only. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I, have compa- I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that sheweth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might shoot my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault for who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter? Power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. What if God, willing to show his wrath and make his power known, endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. In Exodus chapter 33, around verse 17 through 19 here, Moses asked God to show him his glory. And this is how God reveals his glory to Moses. And this is what, this is what Paul was referencing. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, shew me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will shew mercy on whom I will shew mercy. So God himself declares in his word, one of the ways that he shows his glory is creating two different vessels and having mercy on one. All right? The vessel of mercy. Now, people hate this. People absolutely yeah. hate brother, to brother, hear brother, brother, that stop, God stop, is God. Excuse me, stop for a second. Where are you going to get these truths that you are exemplifying? You're not going to get these truths anywhere. Think on what that. What do you mean? I'm getting them out of the Holy Spirit of God. No, I know you are. We all appreciate it, and we all understand this. But where in Christianity will these truths that you are are bringing forth be exemplified. They can't get past John 3.16. That's my point. Yeah, well, I don't worry about that. What I do is I go in the Scripture no, I'm not and preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not worried, just that I forward. 
Okay, well, I was going to say... It's not brought um, forward. That's the problem. It's just people don't bring it forward because they, they either don't know it or Satan controls them to the point where they hate it. They hate Romans 9. That's a given. They hate I Romans think. 9. Okay, anyway... Sorry for so interrupting, so, 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 I, I, I just couldn't stop. So... so so to close my end out, all right, and people don't like it, but God is God. And he's made some people to show mercy on and to bring to heaven to have everlasting life, which is, we're told in John 17, knowing God. And others, he's created them for the sole purpose of damning them because he is God. All right, and part Amen. of us bowing the knee to Jesus Christ is acknowledging that. And saying, and, and saying, you know what, God, all of your judgments are righteous, no matter what they That's may right. be. All right? Yeah. We, read here in, we, we read here in verse 20, Romans 9, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing that formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Amen. Amen. over the clay under the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. What if? It's interesting that Paul deals with the hypotheticals here and actually entertains those for the sake of those that are without. Mm -hmm. What if God to make how our known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath Fitted to destruction. Well, well, they murdered Jesus in 33 A.D., and, and yet that was the fledgling church that was coming about, and God gave them practically what 37 years, which mm-hmm. is a number for judgment. That's another point. That's another story. But He did give them a generation, and that church, the fledgling church, was built on those 37 years before God treaded down and and destroyed and killed stiff-necked Jews in 70 A.D. Mm -hmm. And took away their temple and all their lineage and everything that was the Jewish world. That was the end of the age, if you you would have it. I I want to welcome back uh, Nina G. Mariano, uh, Lee Disselhorst, and Ashley Kenny has come back with us, and all the rest of you who are tuning back in as far as um, Mr. Sarko as well. Uh, yes, in the 46th chapter of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says, I'm reading in verse 3, Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And so that's pretty well the story. Uh, notice he's addressing all of the house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel. That's us. That's those who are called, those who are foreknown, those who are predestinated, justified, called, uh, sanctified, set apart, glorified. And even to your old age, I am he, and even to whore hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and I will deliver you to whom will you liken me and make my equal and compare me that 
we may be like. Remember the former things of old. I am God, there is none else. I am God, there is nothing, none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. That's superlapsarianism at work. <laughs> and from Wonderful. ancient times the the, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. I think, that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty conclusive statement from God himself regarding the sovereignty of God in salvation and in all things, in providence and all yeah, things. Yeah. Um, well, we've had a real good discussion tonight. Uh, you know, one of the uh, ends of that, the prophet Isaiah <laughs> has an exhortation, and I believe that he's speaking to uh, those who are yet to come to a uh, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through through God's quickening power. He says, verse 12, Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. Mm. It shall not be, and my salvation shall not tarry, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. Here is the prophet Isaiah proclaiming that God is saying, I've done it all. You know, I've done it all. Jesus paid it all. <laughs> and uh, Isaiah, calls, Isaiah calls those stout-hearted. <laughs> okay. Have you all ever run into any of those stout-hearted people? I know I have. So, oh, yeah. anyway. Might as, well, might as well be stiff-necked Jews, for that matter, that God talks mm. about all the Old Testament, stiff-necked people. We're not. We're not stiff-necked. We we embrace these truths. Yes, by the grace of God. Yeah, by the grace of God. By and the as grace many of as God. Were, yeah, and as many as were ordained unto eternal life. Uh, Acts thirteen forty-eight. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. (laughs) And uh, by the way, have you ever thought about this? Everybody wants to talk about, you know, ordaining pastors, ordaining elders, ordaining deacons. Have you ever thought about this? All ordination comes from God. All ordination comes from God. God ordains all things. When it says right. in when it says in Hebrews twelve two that He is the author and the finisher of our faith, the author is the originator. The author is the one who ordains all things, and by Him all things consist. And so, these people that want to proclaim that they are a cooperative agent with God. Uh, no. And they want to make, they want to make God their co-pilot. No. They just don't realize that they don't have they're not a co-pilot. God is the pilot. <laughs> Amen. God the ship. God pilots just like Mark out there on the river. Uh, there's someone there that makes the ultimate decision regarding that boat. I 
know if that's I don't know who it is. I don't know if that's uh, Brother Carl. I don't know who it is. But whoever is the captain or whatever title he has, the ultimate authority is the one that's going to call the shots. You know. Yep. And when. And yeah, but Carl, the... when you were out, you're right, Larry. Carl, when you were out there on that river, God directed the currents favorably <laughs> for you to, I don't know what, if it was a pleasure type uh, river rafting or whatever it was, brother. Uh, I just hope you enjoyed it. Bark. Praise God you were you were safe from any uh, debacles. I've river rafted uh, uh, five, five, uh, rated rivers you know and it's a it's a it's a it's pretty it's a lot of fun but you got to know what you're doing you know well he's not out there for fun he's not river rafting he may feel like he is sometimes but he's got a barge he's taking down the river so okay yeah yeah this is a cargo is uh this is a cargo barge uh, delivering uh, raw materials to manufacturers, and Brother Carl is one of the captains of the boat, and I'm sure he's a good I one. See. Oh, okay. Commerce, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. And so, yes, yes. And whenever, yes. whenever Brother Carl goes out on the river, I pray, Lord, keep that boat on top of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the Lord has thus far. Carl, I didn't even know that that's what you did for, uh, is that your main source of living? Yes. Um, to, uh, I started. Uh, to manage uh, cargo barges? Yes. Um, I've been Are, a federal license. Yes, I've, ha- I've held a federal license since 2001 whenever I went to school and and got the license, and um, it's like a it's like a driver's license that I have to renew every five years through the uh-huh. United States right. of, through, through the United States of Amnesia. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I tell you, I mean, how quick they are to forget. You know, anybody that calls themselves a patriot this day and time should turn their flag if they have one upside down and fly it upside down. That that means the dress, brother Carl. That's right, brother Chris. It sure does. Yeah, and um, you know, just real quick, you know, before I go into John six here at the end, you know, the preacher, um, King Solomon in Ecclesiastes, throughout the whole book, he he refers to the works of his hands as vanity. Um, he says in, in you know two eleven. Then I then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. This is repeated throughout throughout this book. All right, and in in and in chapter three verse four, I really love this verse, and it says Ecclesiastes three verse four. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. When we as men, all right, when we as men try to stick our fist in God's face and call him unjust because His because he has chosen to reveal to us in his word his nature, which he declares glory by having mercy on certain people that he has that he has predestined 
through foreknowledge, yeah. which is the action of him intimately knowing these people, hence Christ saying, I know my sheep, yeah. and they know me, and they follow me. Yeah. All right, when people attack that, all right, and, and, and try to charge God with some injustice, they are, they are not vowing the need to God. And I'm not talking about people that don't claim to be believers. I'm talking about people no, you're that I correct. work with. I'm talking about people that I work with that claim to be Christians, which say God loves everybody. And when you pin them down and ask them about Esau, no. or when You're you right. pin them down and ask them about effectual atonement, and you show that to them in Scripture, and they will look at you in your eyes and say, "Oh no, Jesus Christ just made salvation possible." When these oh, wow. devils, yeah. when these That's devils, a sad on the reality, because, which is today, and the majority right. of those so-called Christians, sad right. state of affairs. These people are absolutely disgusting, all right? And these people deny the truth of God and unrighteousness. You know, Brother, I, may, I add, may, may I add a little, I, I would hope it would, you, you'd look at, construe this as a bit of wisdom. I would curtail this at work to a certain degree. Break time, lunch, individually, but you got to be careful. They could gang up on you or whatever. Maybe they want your job. I don't know. I would just be, there's a time and a place, oh, yeah. like Ecclesiastes oh, yeah. says, oh, yeah. for everything. And I would be, you know what, you, you, you must like what you do. Praise God, I had a job, I loved it. And it was always new every day. And praise God for him loving me and giving me a job that that was wonderful and changed and you know so many variants of that of that position that union job there's still a pension to this day praise god uh because it's solvent so far you know uh, after all these years but brother i would be i would really watch out for those that see you're dealing with a very wicked world out in that workplace and i i don't know if i would I'm not saying deny the truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If someone comes to you, you know, but be very careful about those that would just as soon cut your throat and take your job while you're okay. Okay, I'm just itching to respond to that. I'm just itching to respond. I know God's in charge and everything, but uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, there's no but to it. Okay. It's just a. A word right. of encouragement, these, you know, take it or leave if it. These, if these guys can talk about what they do on their days off, the crap that I don't want to hear, and if these oh, guys well. can talk about the wickedness that, that they are involved in and football yeah. and sports or whatever, I can talk about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and all of his elect. And I don't fear any man. Psalm, Psalm well, brother, I, I didn't there, understand the circumstances or the timing thereof. But but generally, I think what I said might be good heed, you know, uh, everything else outstanding. Well, God doesn't tell me in his word to watch out. In fact, what I'm told here in Psalm 27, 1, 2, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's right. The Lord is yeah. the strength of my well, life. With whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked eat yeah, my he doesn't want us to worry. And will me, right. eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And that's what they'll yeah, do. No, you see, God you're, you're himself, right, 
You see, God himself has brought me to Saradino Incorporated in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And it doesn't matter what men try to do to me. I will not go anywhere from that place until God and all of his right. and all of his ordination of time has it says, Okay, Carl, time to move on. And then I'll go. The one thing word. I will not do is stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They will have to kill me first. Well, but you gotta remember, brother, they're not paying you to preach the gospel to co workers on their time. That's all I'm saying. Wow. So I'd be very well, judicious. I can I'd tell be you. Judicious in the I am very, I'm very, very shocked to hear that. I'm very shocked to hear that. Wow. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. What's what's to be shocked about? I was just saying that the world's wicked, and at the workplace there's wicked coworkers. That's all. I I don't know the circumstances, so there's really nothing to be shocked about. Hey, What's me, shocking is is the coworker that you think that you think is your friend, and he st- and he and he stabs you in the back and twists the knife. That, that's <laughs> yeah, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I want to weigh in on this, if if I could. Uh, I'd like to weigh in on this. Um, we have another uh, guest that I'm not going to mention his name, but he happens to be with us right now. And he relayed to me uh, what was happening to him in the workplace. I can speak to me. I can speak uh, very strongly about what happened to me in the workplace. Oh, yeah. No, your book was excellent, Larry. Absolutely. And and by no means am I advocating a spirit of fear, Brother Carl. So don't get me wrong. Let me me finish, Chris, okay? one of the things that I think we we have to do when we talk about uh, our work and our vocation and all of that, uh, we have to give each believer freedom of conscience. Okay. Okay. Um, I know. I know that I was in the workplace. My conscience was. They tried to bind my conscience. In fact, a while ago, when Brother Brother Carl said, you know, if it hadn't been for the grace of God, Lot would have died there in Sodom. Well, I can say if it hadn't been for the grace of God, Larry Phillips would have died in the Sodom of the state of Missouri, okay? Exactly. But but what I want to say is that this guest that is with us right now on Facebook had an experience where he became um, very maligned and by his co-workers, and they were all pretty much Armenians, okay? Yeah, they, they generally are. They, they began to gang up on him, and uh, I respect I respect what both of you have said, and I think there's I think there's a balance. In other words. The scripture says that be wise as serpent and harmless as doves, and it right. also says don't. It also says don't cast your pearl before swine. And Amen. if these people, if these people are swine, you know, and you're not going, you know, I I've come to the conclusion I don't. <clears throat> I used to spend hours on Facebook uh, debating people on the doctrines because there was some. Armenians on there and, and the public, and I would, 
I'd go about trying to change their mind with the Word of God sure. and so on. I'd spend, sure. And you can't I was, do it. I was, I was, well, I was brought to the conclusion that, you know what, there's, there's certain people that God has chosen as vessels of wrath, fitted for destruction, and I'm never going to change their mind. In fact, I can never change their Amen. mind. Amen. No, you're not. And it's okay. going to take... It's going to it's going to take the Holy Spirit of God and, and quickening their hearts. Now, I do believe that, and I respect Brother Carl immensely, if God has directed him. Okay, oh, I, I do too. I don't, I, don't care, I don't care what his forfeiture might be, whether it be his job. I forfeited my job. Whether it's forfeiting his job, his income, his whatever, his acceptance by his peers, whatever, if God so directs him to do it, do it. <laughs> okay? We've all forfeited. Full- In the course of yeah. our work history, I have forfeited through casting pearls before swine. Brother Carl, now that this is, uh, let me ask you, brother, now that this is more clarified, I hope you're not shocked. I don't think that there's anything me, clarified let, at all. Let I me mean, know. You have no idea I, how I often I go to I work or how shocked. long I'm there. I think you're a realist, uh, brother, and you, you leave it all to God, and, you, and that's exactly correct. But but don't be shocked with uh, what well, I said was pretty much verbatim with, with the situation of a Christian in the workplace. I gave an overall summary, you know, and based upon my own uh, situations, I love to bring the gospel to the workplace. Now, now if it's tolerated there, then God has given you a pathway and, and utilize it, brother. But if it's, if it's shunned, be, be like Larry said, like the Word of God says, be, uh, be as sharp as a serpent and gentle as a dove. That's all I'm saying. There's nothing to be shocked about here. This is common knowledge here, you know. So I don't think you're shocked. I think you you live this, and it t- turns out that apparently, it seems to me that you have a a well received workplace, and what a blessing that is. Now, in that environment, go for it, absolutely. But there's nothing to be shocked about. Don't be shocked at me because uh, now that it's clarified, I, I wouldn't want you to walk away and think I'm shocked at Christopher. You know, I don't. I don't think that's the case now. I think Larry, Larry pretty much clarified the the, the, re, the reality. You know. Well, here's, here's the thing. Proud. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, it's 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 in in all of our uh, understanding. I've often told people, none of us set out uh, to be. Uh, in other words. If I say something that you disagree with, and you adamantly disagree with me, um, it's just like when when you started the broadcast when we first came around to Brother Carl. You know, he said right off the bat, "I just want to make it clear. I just disagree with everybody that every one thing that everybody said." Okay, well, you know, we have to qualify that because we all we all three of us did not intend for you to receive what you received by all three of us. So either all three of us were in error or you were in error, Carl. 
Okay, and I can't. Well, I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think Carl's an error at all. I don't think Carl's no. An error. Well, what I'm saying is this. Let me finish. You know, we we have this attitude, and I, I'm I'm as guilty as anyone, probably more so than than Carl or or Mark or Christopher. Um, we we don't set out to be wrong. <laughs> okay, we are strong. And what we believe, and we want to convey it. Amen. Uh, but but that being said, we have to be a little bit flexible, and not make these these comments that that are, you know, would tend to set people off. In other words, when some when someone tells me, well, right off the bat, I want to just say that there's one area that I think I'm in disagreement with all three of you on. See that. The, the, the saying is, it's not so much what you say, but how you say it. I just read Ephesians. There were, it was very clear that we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, to say that we were a special people, yeah, I think that that Mark might have alluded to that. But Mark also said that, that we we deserve none of that. So for you to say that we you were in disagreement with all of us, I think was a little bit over the top. That's just my opinion. Um, okay, I do it well, all can, I, can I respond yeah, to anything that was said? Okay. Well, what was said was twice. It was said, God chose a special people. And I was very careful to point out that that's what I disagree with, that God didn't choose a special people, that we are, in fact, special because he chose us. And again, it's not about Amen. me or any, or any of us being right. That's not why we're here. We're supposed to be here to glorify Jesus Christ and his word. And that's a serious, I, you know, I, I just wanted people listening to understand the difference. And I wanted to make it very apparent that I disagreed with that. Now, back to, now, there is, back there to are, Chris. There are scriptures. Hold on, hold on. There is a scripture that says that God did choose for himself a special people. Okay, and, and, and Mark read that to you. And so in context, that is a true statement. We are a special people unto God, not, not because of anything that we've done, but by his choice, he has made us special. That's imputed right. right. By God's sovereign right. will. Yeah, God's in right. charge. He's sovereign. That's a given. Right. Right. If you predicate everything on that, then go forward from that, that point. And that's the but point I think- that I was making. And I would just like to say one more thing, if that's okay. Um, Chris made the comment that my, that my job doesn't pay me to talk to people about Jesus Christ. Well, two weeks ago, I did a, we did a whole thing on John 6 where I stated and stated time and time again throughout that Bible study that the gospel is not to be peddled and we should not cast our pearls before swine. However, my job doesn't pay these guys to talk about the stuff that they talk about when I'm in the same room with them sometimes. All right? That, now, that's true, too. I live, yeah, that's, I that's live on the boat well. with these men 10 days at a time. All right? So we live together. We're like a family. I spend just as much time with these oh. guys as I do at home. All right? So if these oh, guys oh, so. can engage me in conversation about the world, if I feel led uh-huh. by the Holy Spirit of God to witness to them, I'm going to do oh, that. Oh, brother, I didn't understand the structure of your business, that you're, you're kind of like a fireman. 
It's like uh, feast or famine or 10 days on, five days off. Or See, I didn't understand it wasn't a, I don't know what it is you do, but I didn't understand uh, the, the uh, what what your job entails and the time spent with with certain uh, co-workers. See, I was I just assumed, you know, which is wrong to do, but I did assume that you just had a regular job, just like most people do. So only based on what I know, I can only comment on what I know or what what the yeah. person will make known to me what what. I am to know. Listen, listen, we have, we have, I think we've labored over this enough. And yeah, I, I can, I hear you, Brother Carl, and I respect you. I respect you for your freedom of conscience. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, absolutely, Brother Mark. Brother Mark, do you wanna, do you wanna weigh in on this before we close the program out tonight? I, I understand both sides of this situation. I think we need to have discernment to know when would be the an appropriate or, a, you know, I think we need, I just think we need discernment from the Lord to, to, uh, to respond in a, in a most wise manner. Sometimes, sometimes people are receptive to hearing the gospel when they're on their work assignment and sometimes they may not be but ultimately ultimately everything is under God's control so the result is up to God and the result is the result is not up to us and we are to and we are to fulfill the great commission God Jesus our leader did tell us to preach the gospel to every creature so we are we are to uh, we are to have more regard for the precepts of God than the ridiculous wisdom of this world. So I, I can see both sides of the point. And so I agree with certain things that Brother Carl said. Anyway, thank you, brothers. Praise God. I, just, I had a situation today where we were going in town, and all of a sudden – Right on the main highway, there was a 70-year-old guy hitchhiking with a cane and a bag. And I pulled over, and he began to, you know, unload his story on me. He wanted to go into town, so I said I'd take him into town. My family was with me. And I listened very intently to his story, and I won't go into all of it. But I was restrained. (laughs) I was restrained from opening my mouth about the gospel. I didn't have any kind of uh, function that I should share the gospel with him at all. Now, there's other times when I'm totally clear on it. But this guy, I was just like, no, no, I'm not going to waste my time. This guy is not going to be receptive? No. Well, and usually I will at least give them a Bible or I will give them a Bible and like one of my books. You know, I've got a lot of Bibles and a lot of my books. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even feel clear about even approaching the subject. I dropped him off where he wanted to drop him. Rosette said to me, wow, I couldn't believe you didn't give him, you didn't 
talk to him about the gospel. I, I can't believe you didn't um, give him one of your books or give him a Bible. I go, look, I, I just wasn't clear about it at all. I said, I just, you know. And so we have those experiences where sometimes God opens doors and sometimes he closes them, you know. Brother, yep. brother, you followed you followed in your spirit the Holy Spirit's right. direction. That's Amen. what you did. Right. I can't call and it. You, but the Holy you know Spirit what? did. It, it was amazing because now I'm not saying it's because I didn't, but I believe it was my obedience to not proceed. Because when I let him off, he was so gracious. And he said, if you ever see me out, you know, I'd love to talk to you or whatever. So I, I left the door open. So he did, I let him unload and get all of his garbage out. And so if I ever pick him up again, I may have an opening to, to share the gospel. And he will be what much made, more what made, you, what made you determine that what he said was garbage? Was it true garbage? Well, I'm what not going to get into all that because we're oh, running okay. out of time. All right. It's not, it's not uh, pertinent. All right. Yeah, I'll lose my recording here, and I don't want to do that. Well, listen, I want to th thank you guys, and I'm glad to know that unconditional election is all of God and not of not of anything. Oh, it rains supreme. Yeah, it's beautiful. Not anything. Not anything. It's 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 all a God thing. So that's what we've been talking about tonight. Uh, oh yeah. It, uh, I'm gonna yeah. let Brother Carl. Have Brother Carl read his final uh, scriptures here for us before we close things out. All right. Well, I just want to, you know, I just want to say, you know, in Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And I just can't, you know, I just must stress, you know, again, I'm not saying that you guys disagree with that. I'm just saying that what we're taught here is that God has chosen us to be a special people because he has sanctified us and set us apart and set his love upon us and knows our name. And, you Amen. know, with that, I'll just close with the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 35 through 40. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Well, bro brother, you, right. just, you just more so exemplified the graciousness of God the Father in your example right there from Deuteronomy. You stayed on Amen. point. That's awesome, you know. I don't think Guys, people even delve into the Old Testament, as it were, you know, which is sad. Well, good night, guys. I'm going to call it an evening. I hope God... Uh, pours out his blessings on each one of us today, and we'll look forward to, we are having a broadcast tomorrow night. Now, Brother Carl, are you going to be with us tomorrow evening? You're going back to work, right? Yeah. Well, I go back in the morning, but um, Lord willing, I should be able to make it for tomorrow evening. 
Okay. Wonderful. And tonight we're going to be discussing the 24th chapter of Matthew. I got a book today in the mail, and I don't know who sent it to me because they never tell me. A lot of people send me books, and they never want to let me, they never want to let me know who it was that sent it. This is called <laughs> the destruction. This is called the destruction of Jerusalem by George Peter Holford. Does oh, I've got the that? book. It's a. I have the book. It's a wonderful book. I think it has sixty-eight pages. It's a great right, read. I, yeah, I read it this afternoon. It, it's a good book. Uh, I think I'd love to do a teaching. Someone, someone should do a teaching on that because it's succinct. Um, I think probably Sister Louise uh, Greaves sent it to me. She sends me questions. She read things. it. Yeah, she told me. She gave me a call and told me she read the book. She couldn't remember where she got the book. Yeah, um, I agree with some of the things in the book. I don't agree with everything. Uh, the guy makes some real good points historically. <clears throat> but he does make some over-the-top statements that I disagree with, so sometime maybe we can discuss that. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to say good night, and you guys have a blessed evening. Love you, saints. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.